What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The following show is Morton Law Group. The views and opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily represent those of WOAI and iHeartMedia. Welcome. This is Sidebar. Sidebar, a frank discussion on the law, life, and liberty. Sponsored by the LaHood Norton Law Group. And now, your objection sustained. Your hosts, Karen Klaus and former Bear County District Attorney, Nico LaHood. It's time, 1200 WOAI. This is Sidebar, former Bear County DA, Nico LaHood, trial lawyer, managing partner of LaHood Norton Law Group, and George Rujo, scholar, former chemist, and pharmaceutical researcher and director. Let's see, there's just nothing to talk about today, and I always say that, but can you believe, well, I was thinking to myself and laughing in the car on my drive over here, and I was like, oh, I miss when it was just COVID that was separating us all. Well, it's this, back. I mean, yes. we, it's coming apparently back. Apparently, we need to start talking about masks again at some point. I mean, <laughs> which is ridiculous. I mean, that that it, that's almost laughable. It is laughable, yeah. and it should be embarrassing that the administration or anybody would bring up wearing masks again in any capacity. If you want to wear it again, that that's your choice. I still believe in freedom, but the fact that the administration is even going to be pushing this crap, I mean, is ridiculous. It's laughable, and it just shows how um, illogical they've been. And how far? I mean, that's not the topic right now. No, the mass. it's I mean, not. You just brought that it, up, so I'm just saying. I, I know, but it's funny that that was the thing that divided us a year ago or a month ago. I don't even know, but now there are so many bigger topics. Well, well the, they think about, look at the playbook again. I mean, talk about dividing a country. So remember, two years ago, it was skin color. You couldn't talk about oh, race, right? race, 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 even though it really should have been ethnicity, ethnicity. There's only one race. But it was race, 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 race. Then it was mass, 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 mass. Vaccine. Was vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. Now it's gun control, gun control, gun control. And then you're going to go on both sides of this thing and name calling and illogical arguments from the other side, from the from the gun control side, honestly. But then there also is, is there's no willingness. And people always talk about why can't we just come together? Because I, I will tell you, as someone who responsibly advocates re- responsible gun ownership, I don't believe in just I mean. I believe in the Constitution, the Second Amendment, but I always advocate responsible gun ownership. And, and George has heard me, you know, preach on this for years now. But but there are, I think people that are pro-gun, pro-Second Amendment are afraid to give anything up to the other side. Because what we saw this week is their true intent. It's not about, oh, we're not trying to take your guns. We're, gonna, we're trying to take your guns. I mean, that's exactly what they said. And then now Biden just, again, so ignorant with his gibberish about nine millimeters blowing out lungs. I mean, this guy obviously has no knowledge of guns and, and things of this nature, but neither does anybody on that That's side. That's exactly what they I just was They don't say. understand magazine capacity. They don't understand an AR-15 is a weapon of war. AR-15s have never been used in war. There were M-16s and M-14s and M-16A2s. I mean, there, were never M4, there, there was never an AR-15 in war. It's not designed for war. Is it high capacity? Could there be a lot of damage in a short period? Yes, talk right at least. And then we can sit down and have a mature conversation because they say we all agree on one thing, aside from Will Smith smacking Chris true, Rock, of course. That. I'm going to keep bringing that stupid crap up. But, I mean, aside from that, everybody agrees on that one. But everyone agrees on, quote, unquote, keeping our children safe. Right? That's what, that, that's that, what they say they agree on. That's what they that's say. That's what they say yes. they agree on. Okay, well, let's, let's start from there and let's start working our way outside. And, and, and that includes uh, discussions about morality. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. Because you got to talk about faith and religion and this and what source of morality and what's the definitions of morality and what's right and wrong. And, and then and morality talks about over-sexualizing our kids. Morality talks about dividing our kids by ethnicity and oppressor and oppressed. That's CRT, of course. And then God forbid they talk about that and, and give concessions on that because everything's race. That, that, that they're talking, we have to talk about games. We have to talk about what we've seen on, on movies. So Hollywood wants to argue against gun control, gun control, but yet every, all their movies are shoot them up, shoot them up. All these video games are so realistic. We had Atari. We were playing, you know, sports games. And you have kids in 
armed robbery games and all kinds of hijack. What's that game that? I don't uh, know any of the games. I don't either. But, but what I'm saying is you get points for, for carjacking a, a lady. Yes. I mean, it's just insane. So we desensitize our kids. We demoralize our kids. And then we wonder why we're in this situation. I mean, I, I, to Not me, it's to mention obvious. that just last week or right. the week before, they were talking about being able to abort your child up to age two or whatever it was. Well, one you person, but they, they didn't say that. They weren't advocating they asked that. an activist that. Right. And uh, she didn't give a, a definite no. Right. So she, it leaves the door open. But what, they, what many of them were arguing, to your point, in Maryland law and some of these other laws that we're trying to get passed, was the perinatal state that we talked about two or three weeks ago where that's up to tw- uh, as far as 28 days after birth that you can end the life of that child. But we're worried about children. And the border, forget about human trafficking, but we're worried about children. 250,000 illegal immigrants come into this and illegal guns. And, but we're worried about children and we're worried about masks, but nobody's wearing masks. And we're worried about vaccines, but nobody's getting vaccinated. It's hypocritical by definition. It's do as I say, not as I do. And you have to ask, as George has asked over the weeks, why? And it's about control. And I think, and I don't know how you can argue against this. I think you have to really keep your mind open. Are they trying to destroy this country? And and, and, anyway, and when I say they, people that are supporting, I don't want to just say all Democrats, because not all Democrats, I, I think, believe this, obviously. But, and I don't want to you know throw the baby out with the bathwater, but anyone advocating these ideas, and we always talk about Karen ideas having consequences. Mm-hmm. You have to ask, why are you arguing or advocating these illogical ideas that have no benefit. And, and George, I think that's where I'd start. Ex- I guess yes. I put myself in the camp of not conceding a single inch on this. And it's not because I'm, I'm not a, a guy who's prone to negotiation. I always try to come to the table with an open mind. I, I'm, I believe very strongly in being willing to change our mind if new information comes forward um, that, that changes the rationale of an argument, right? I think we should always keep keep an open mind. I mean, I try to live my life that way, and I try to. I've always tried to approach anything that way. However, on this uh, on this issue, I think it's appropriate and rational to come to the table extremely skeptical of of, the, of a group who claims to care about children and claims uh, claims to care about the country. When which would you guys say six to eight months ago, less than that, maybe four to five months ago, these were the same individuals who in the name of a pandemic were uh, thought it was a good idea to arrest Americans who weren't vaccinated. Um, that's an absolutely truthful statement. You can look that up. It's all over yep. social media. Yep. Um, that's not an exaggeration. I'm not hyperbolizing. These are not individuals that can be trusted. This is, as Nico said, all about control. And I think he was referring to what I said, <laughs> but this, this is the point. We've, we've been talking about this for at least two years um, in, in the advent of, of the coronavirus scam. And I, and I do think it was a scam. It was a, we always said it was a legitimate virus that killed, you know, legitimate people. They were in danger. And we knew who it was killing. That's right. And we always thought it would be appropriate, uh, if you go back to public health history, to focus on the individuals most vulnerable and put a, a public health management strategy that focuses on, on those individuals. To go beyond that and, and brush broadly is, is a strategy for control. That's all it was in the name of public health. And so it's in that environment that we bring skepticism to this issue. This is about erasing civil liberties and individual liberties. And I believe very strongly it's ultimately about gun confiscation. Yes. There's nothing paranoid about that. This has been, this is old. Look at what's happening north of the border with Justin Trudeau and what he is saying. Look at what's happened in Australia. Look at what's happened in every authoritarian country where there was some semblance of gun ownership and then there wasn't. And then ultimately the state of the country in terms of civil liberties thereafter. Eroded. This isn't rocket science. Yep. Well, George said something I think is interesting. I know we were in plan, but Trudeau mentions this confiscation of guns, not confiscation, sorry, the, the, the banning of selling of guns and transferring of guns or whatever he, this idiotic statement he made in this decision he made last week. And then all of a sudden Biden, because he can't do anything original, talks about nine, he's never talked about nine millimeters. He didn't even know what the hell a nine millimeter, millimeter is. He talked about 22 and, and magazines. You don't need more than, I, I mean, can you give me any data? Give me any data that if somebody owns one more than one gun, that that, that 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 causes danger. No one wants to talk about, and, and George brought this up last week, I think, that, that, that there's data out there. You can go, it, it, it's available to us, not just from the CDC, but other organizations that are gathering data. There's an estimated 2.5 million crimes a year that are, are prevented because of guns, legally. There's over, that's 6,800 okay, a day. That, hold up, hold up. That comes from the Centers for Disease Control. Yeah. I just want to understand what people understand where that comes from. Okay, this yeah. This isn't a LaHood stat. Nope. It comes from the Center for Disease. Not that there would be anything wrong with the load stat. It just happens to be 
not a Lahutstat, and this is the Center for Disease Control, and it was it came from a report that was requested by Barack Obama in 2012, and it was actually pushing around three million uh, deaths, right, preventable. So this comes from the Center for Disease Control. If somebody wants the exact source, I'm happy to send it to them. Go ahead. Yeah, but, but thank you, George, for that. That context matters. Over 400,000 life-threatening violent crimes prevented. Over, I mean, 60 percent. I mean, and again, this the people that are incarcerated. Are, are, they can do studies on this, and people have asked, and I've done I've done debates in the past years and years ago when I was in college on 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 felons, convicted felons, people that have been incarcerated formally, and they're asked about well, how did they make their decision on whether to break into a home. They if if not only if someone was home, but if they thought the person was home was armed, that was a big that was a big deterrent. And we have to think about this. And going back into the prison example, and and no one's been able to answer this question: if the object is the issue, which is the gun, then someone tell me. Why prisons are some are, are the most dangerous places in our country. There's not a gun in a prison, but there's a toothbrush that gets shaved into a shank. There's a bed spring that's used as a shank. There's a sock that they put a tuna can in that they use it as a, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a whipping momentum. You, you really can hurt somebody with that, like a slingshot type deal. I mean, th- there's a lot of violence and a lot of beatings, a lot of fights, a lot of, a lot of injuries and rioting. There's not a gun in a prison. Why? Is, is it the issue of the guns? It should be the safest place, but it's not. Chicago's not safe. LA's not safe. New York is not safe. Any place that have them, and I'm not the first one bringing this up, the most restrictive gun laws are not safe places. And you have, again, pause, shelf your emotion, and ask why. And nobody's doing that on the other side. If you're looking at all of these facts that you're giving versus only the surface when it comes to the emotion, like, Stand for you, Valdi. We we care for the kids. I just I have I, uh, another question, and that is why why is the other side so loud, so vocal? I want to ask you that coming up next on Sidebar. Twelve hundred WOAI. This is Sidebar. Um, I did. Are you still very busy with it? I was thinking to myself, back this week, I know it is, back this week, if I had seen as many texts from you and you, did you just finish up a big trial with the law firm? The number of trials we had been finishing up. And then, of course, we're set throughout the whole summer. You know, like when when they opened up the courts, they opened up the juries and trials, but not just in Bear County and Comal and and all the surrounding counties as well are are open. And we, we practice in surrounding counties as well. So. Just this is what we do, and thank God we have the staff and very competent lawyers and, and support staff and paralegals uh, preparing for trial. And then all of us are trial lawyers, all six of the lawyers in our firm. So that's very unique to, to criminal defense firms. And all of us used to be prosecutors, as you know, so we bring a different, I think, approach, approach definitely to our defense work. Um, you're very busy. I was thinking, who else is a lawyer in this city? Is Julian Castro a lawyer? Uh, is, is Joaquin a lawyer? So they they <laughs> don't seem, I'm just joking about this, but they seem to have a lot of extra time because today, I think with Sp- the Spurs coach Popovich are going to have a big rally um, at Travis Park, the stand with Uvalde against guns. And I'm going to, you know, go back and ask the question I was thinking about. And every time you say, we've got to get somebody on here, we've got to get somebody on. I always think with you both always talking about truth and the facts, why is it that the other side won't come on sometimes? Because they they have their own facts. I'm not saying that they're lies, but they have their own set of truths that they push for and why they want to take guns away. And I always wonder, why why don't they want to come in and talk Look, to you I guys? Look, I mean, I'm not afraid to talk with anybody about issues and present the evidence and discuss it back and forth in a professional way and give each other time and flesh out issues and critically think together. But then you have to take the chance of being shown up or being wrong. And, that, and, and I don't think any of those people that you mentioned would want to do that. Because the stats speak for themselves. The evidence speaks for themselves. Logic speaks for themselves. If you use logic. And get away from emotion. Remember, there's an emotional emotion push, is what and then there's an intellectual about. analysis. So the emotional—you're never going to win an emotional argument because it, 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 it's by definition you can't. You got to match that emotion, and it's just hard to do that, especially if it's very personalized. You couldn't have emotionally talked to me after my brother was murdered in 1996. I, I was I was so emotionally tied to that. You couldn't have talked to me about God. You couldn't have talked to me about how 
God was going to use this. You couldn't have talked to him about anything where my life would have been in 20 years or anything. I was just, I was, I was so stuck in my prism of rage and anger and revenge and all that other stuff. Intellectually, we could have had a come. I can intellectually talk about it. I can look back. I can reflect. So, so there's an emotional analysis and there's an intellectual analysis. And it, it, it appears to me when you start calling people names and using sound bites and telling people your Republican Party is a party of massacres and white supremacy. I mean, that's just, that's so weak. It's immature. Not even forget immature, just name calling. But it, it just, it shows weakness. I just, when you just yell at somebody or, or, or just call them names, like a nanny, nanny, boo, boo. It's just like, it's just, it's just weakness. And so and maybe it's, maybe they're embarrassed to be shown up. I don't know, but we should be able to have conversations and teach people and show people that you can think through problems. Yeah. Well, I, I think we're a reflection of our leadership, aren't we? I mean, we, you know, who is, uh, who is Joaquin Castro? Uh, or was it, um, was it, uh, now I'm losing, I'm losing it. Julian. Thank you so much. Julian. Who, who is Julian Castro's former boss? Barack Obama, Obama former president of the United States, right? And at, at the end of May, he used the George Floyd uh, death to compare that. Um, or recently, excuse me, he used the George Floyd death to compare that to the Uvalde murders, right? Apples and oranges. Absolutely. In late May, he used interesting stats to compare uh, an apples and oranges comparison of deaths involving motor vehicles with almost, which was almost all of which are accidents, which those, with those involving firearms. It's an apples or oranges comparison. His point being that there are so many more gun-related deaths than there are deaths from, from motor vehicles. Nico and I were exchanging you know, some thoughts over text, and I told him how this was unbelievably deceptive and completely moronic because accidental deaths involving motor vehicles vastly outnumber those involving firearms by some 60-fold, according to the same data set that Barack Obama was using. It's a lie. Why? Gun-related deaths are virtually always deliberate, and and motor vehicle deaths are almost always accidental or reckless. You're, or you're, reckless. you're, you're comparing apples and oranges when you actually look at the true data set. The exact opposite of what Barack Obama is saying is true, and this is typical. Lie as much as you possibly can. So why don't they come to a place where there's facts? Because facts and lies don't go together. Right now, I want to get I want to try to get a little bit beyond that because they don't really have to. It's not just because of the embarrassment factor, Nico. It's because they don't have to, because if you have the power and you control the narrative, then you don't need to persuade. Right. Why persuade when you have power? And so this is what's this is what's happening everywhere you look. You're, you're looking at the amassment of power in the federal government and, and the environment where you can actually debate things and have discourse and persuades hearts, hearts and minds, that environment is, is diminishing every day. That really concerns me. We, but when you look at some of this data that, that George is talking about, and, and, and I bring this up all the time, and I know George just made the distinction in data because it's important to statisticians and things of this nature, so we want to be intellectually honest too, and that's why George brings up these, some people might think nuance, and we're not trying to make an emotional charge or argument, we're trying to make an intellectual, logical one. But setting that aside, if you look at alcohol-related events every year, and I haven't looked at this year's, it's not finished yet, and I haven't looked at last year's, but 18, 19, 20, alcohol-related events almost causing deaths, by the way, and that's intox manslaughter, intox assault, alcohol maybe falling off a mountain, any alcohol-related death leads to the loss of life. It's it almost, almost, not there, but almost triples gun incidents. Almost triples. Now, that includes suicide, which suicide's 50% plus. So, so when you look at all gun deaths, you can't suicides put in there. That's obviously not what we're talking about when we're talking about a school shooting or, or murder or Chicago. I mean, nobody cares. These people that are advocate, nobody cares about Chicago. Chicago has all these gun laws. I saw, I saw an interview. I, I sent it to you guys. Literally, I just it popped up. This thing popped up, and I'm watching this lady, this newscaster, local Chicago newscaster, I think, give an interview in downtown Chicago about gun laws. And this guy walks on live TV, walks behind her, pulls a gun out and points it at the camera and then walks away. <clears throat> and now, Is that the norm? To, Is that the norm? He's it, not supposed to have a gun. Right. This is downtown Chicago. So it's, it's, it's everywhere. All I'm saying. So getting back to my point, no one wants to even talk about alcohol. I mean, are you kidding me? To, to, to do some ban on alcohol. We already know that young people aren't supposed to have alcohol, but they get it anyway. 
But what I'm saying is no one's having the same. It's, it's logically inconsistent when you don't want to look at lives and want to protect lives and you want to protect children and people in general. It, it, it's intellectually dishonest. They don't want to talk about everything, including, <clears throat> including moral and morals and the breakdown of the family and mental health, whatever. I mean, that, that's such a broad term, by the way. And I really want to, we, we can't just let people say that and say, what does that mean? What do you mean mental health? Are you talking about a, a, someone that doesn't process morality and facts the same? Their definition of right and wrong? The, the same kid that will shoot up a school will, will I'm not going to say murder, will kill a bunch of cats? And someone says that's a problem? Well, to them it's not. And how, who's, who are you to say that that's wrong? I mean, we have to get into that discussion. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not supporting that, by the way. I'm just telling you that we have to get into that level of a discussion and nobody wants to have that because it gets uncomfortable because then that discussion leads them into a CRT or over-sexualization or transgender issues and all this stuff with the kids. And, and they don't want to have that conversation. They just want to blame an object. And we don't blame an object in any other facet of our society. But here we want to blame the object and not the user of the object. And it's intellectually dishonest. Yeah, so I, I always try to push for what, what's, what's really going on. And there's a lot of really great punditry going on on the symptoms here, really. You're looking at uh, law enforcement processes. You're looking at what's going on in schools. The best way to keep people out, to restrict access. You know, safety resource officers. Oh, that's good stuff too. I mean, th- those are important things to talk about. They really are. But but you're managing symptoms at that point. So we always try to go back and to to what exactly is inducing this. And we we refer to the culture of death. We refer to a culture of violence. How do the environment? How was the environment created? where we're seeing more and more mass shootings. And there's no, there's no denying that. There's been a, we mentioned last week, that while there's been a decrease in gun ownership in the United States, I think precipitously so, um, since it was about 50% uh, in 1970. Fast forward to 2018, 2019, it's down 30%. There was a slight spike, according to the New York Times, during the COVID era to about 39%. But while there's been a decrease in gun ownership overall in the United States, there's been a spike in mass shootings yep. and there's been a spike in crime. So what's going on there? Is it the guns? That's a terrible argument to make if you're, I mean, there's a terrible stat to yeah. share if you're yeah. trying to argue that it's the guns. So we have an environment, a culture that is prone to violence. And I think it's appropriate, Nico, if we're actually going to solve the problem to talk about why. Well, and, and, and the school violence, not involving guns, fights, assaults. I mean, that, that's, that has nothing to do with a gun. I mean, the, the assaults on teachers. I mean, look, when, when I was younger, I mean, you might've thought that you're, teacher was a B or whatever hole or whatever you want to say. You never said it. Now the kids are so emboldened. They don't care. I, know. I mean, this cases that, that I saw as true. DA inside of schools, what they were doing to each other, the kids, but they were doing to teachers and how teachers are actually afraid. I mean, that's not part of the discussion. Of course it is. Because the, if you look at the kid in Buffalo, that, that evil, I was going to say bastard in, 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 in <laughs> Buffalo, but he, he looked like he was playing a game. I mean, he, he had the GoPro on. I mean, th- there's something wrong. This kid was sick. His, his mind was demented. And here's a discussion I wants to have. And not a lot. People are, some people are bringing it up this week. I thought it was interesting. And I've brought it up over and over again. SSRI drugs, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Those, those are, we, we over-medicate kids for every little thing. We don't teach them how to deal with problems. We don't teach them to deal with seasons and how problems can build character and principles, actually. We don't give them any moral compass or foundation. So we medicate the hell out of them. And we give them antidepressant drugs and all this stuff, and we overdo it. I'm not saying there's never a use for it. I'm not trying to – everyone relax. Okay, I'm sure there's situations. But, Nico, I it's think It's overused. That, Every kid's on a drug. I think parents that are giving their kids these drugs are taking the drugs themselves. Maybe. And that's why it is not a big issue But look at the medicate. side effects. And George can speak to this working for Merck and being a chemist better than I can. Look at the side effects of SSRI drugs. It's, it's typically, if you look at their, I mean, it, it's suicidal tendencies and violent behavior. 100%. I mean, you're always, there's a give and take. And so, and, and, and there was a stat out there and I wish I had it prepared this weekend, but I, so I don't want, I want to give myself a little bit of a warning here for everyone. But I, I looked at this a while back when I was in, in the in office and you look at X amount of quote unquote mass shootings and we have to define what mass shooting is, by the way, there's a bunch of mass shootings in Chicago every week, but nobody talks about that. I guess that's part of it. But but you look at mass shootings, I mean, I think every one of them or a high percentage, all of them were on, had a history of, of constant use of SSRI drugs. So you have to ask yourself, is that part of the problem too? I think it has to be in your discussion. Nobody wants to have that discussion too. It's not just about guns. And then for them to overreach with it, it gives people pause. 
And it should give people pause because these are the same people that keep our borders open. These are the same people that want to take your guns but doesn't want to worry about guns on the border or worry about Ill- illegals coming in or anything of this nature. And it, it doesn't make any sense when you when George makes the argument about having an intellectual argument and, and listening and really listening and hearing what they're saying and then processing what they're saying. And that's an exercise in critical thinking because there's going to be a consequence to it and they're not thinking that through. I think I have a piece back from 2012 in the aftermath of the RR Colorado shootings from Mother Jones, which is a pretty left-wing publication. And they analyzed seven years up until then of, of mass shootings. And they had concluded, interestingly enough, that a significant percentage to somewhere around 80% of these individuals seem to have one thing in common to Nico's point, and that there is that they could be considered mentally unstable. Mm. So what is mental illness? Probably a horrid combination, not probably, but a horrid combination of paranoia and delusions and that kind of thing and suicidal ideation. And that's true. So, okay, but is you could say, well, that's the cause. Yeah, that's the immediate cause. But what's what's the deal there? We seem to see a precipitous increase in mental illness. Why? Yeah, I think we need to always go back to the root cause. What is creating the environment where the conditions required to to have uh, these kinds of murders, this kind of violence of person on neighbor? What's creating that? What's the deal? Can you answer the question? Because I want to know the answer. (laughs) I think we can. Okay, I guess that we're going to. I want to know because I've been feeling stress for the last three years. And so somebody that's more fragile, that might just be the push. Okay, we will have more coming up next on Sidebar. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. W-O-A-I, this is Sidebar. So, take me back to before this break, George. What is, what is causing all of this stress and mental illness that is taking over the country? I mean, I tell you, that lockdown, I believe that that might have opened my eyes to how fragile people were because people really started, I don't know, changing the way they thought about everything in life, whether it was good or bad. I mean, what is the reason? What is going on? Well, I, I think that we, we've we spent five, six, seven months here talking about an environment that's largely created in the American academic institution. Our, our schools aren't teaching the three R's anymore. They're teaching kids uh, an ideology that's that strips them of their very identity, Okay. We've got kids that are subjected to 13 years or 12 years of schooling, right? Uh, 13 years if you include kindergarten, uh, seven and a half hours a day. And you've got a constant barrage in social study and history courses. And yes, even in mathematics. I mean, it, no curriculum is free of, of an indoctrination that, that strips the United States down of any dignity. That, that accuses the country of bigotry and racism and smears our founding fathers smears our founding documents our founding principles it teaches this to kids right from day one they are taught nothing but constant sexualization they are taught to be suspicious of their neighbor if they're a different color if they are of a particular faith particularly christianity they're told that that Faith is inherently bigoted. It's patriarchal. That's a bad thing. Constant attacks on the nuclear family. The authority of parents is constantly questioned. We've got a federal government now that has done something truly unprecedented. I've never seen it. Maybe you guys can cite a time. But I've never seen a government supported by the Department of Justice that actually calls out parents domestic terrorists 
because parents dare object to this kind of constant indoctrination. Kids are coming out of schools hating their country and hating themselves, right? So the idea that this doesn't have any consequence at all is unbelievably irrational and delusional. We have to keep coming back to that. We spend billions and billions of dollars subsidizing this environment, and we've got to get back to it. Now, I'm very pleased it would be beyond the scope of this program, but I'm very pleased to get into data. But I just wanted to lay that out as, as a proposition. How is it that we create an environment where violence and division are commonplace? And then we look at each other and say, hey, can you believe that thing happened? Yeah. This is what we're doing right now. We're having this. I mean, how, how long have we been talking about this? Violence and division is really way to, it's a good way to just sum it up. Division in ideology, division in morality. I mean, even the discussion in morality gets shot down today unless it's their, and this is their morality, which is there's no parameters. I mean, that when you think, I mean, I love to have discussions with people that have this antithetical view of, of, of just the ideas of Christianity. I'm not saying I'm not trying to evangelize to everybody. If they don't want to, that's fine. They're not open-minded to hear about Christ. But just the ideas, you know, spilling innocent blood, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, seeing value in people. I don't know how you're going to see value in people unless there's a transcendent value in people, but it's fine. I mean, just the idea of seeing value in people, forget about the source of that value, not lying, telling the truth, not bearing false witness, caring about someone's identity in the sense of who they are, that God made them in that sense and saying, you're not living up to your potential, showing friendship, extending friendship, a soft answer, being honest, sitting down and reasoning together. All biblical principles, none of those things are taught. I'm just curious. I'd love to have conversations with people about what ideas do you want to prevail in this country and what happens when, when we have disagreement. And when we have disagreement, you call people names, you, 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 you try to demonize them. That's what happens. Because if everybody is Hitler and everybody is a demon and they don't even know what the hell that means, well, then what do you do to people like that? Well, then you're violent with people like that. You're, just, you're creating this environment and then you freak out to George's point. Excellent. And, and, and George can back all that up, by the way, with data. And we can't talk about it on the show right now. We don't have time. But, I mean, this is not surprising. But then you want to blame a, an object. And it's just, and someone said, I'll just, I'll let you, I'm sorry, Karen, I know you want to no, say something. No, that's fine. I was talking to a, an acquaintance this week. Well, this doesn't happen in Australia. Well, yeah, in Australia, they're walking around in body condoms in camps when you didn't take a jab because you, and when you didn't shut down your business. That's what you want? So, I mean, what are you sacrificing? Yeah, that's a great standard. There's no mass shootings because everybody's in, the, in a body condom in, their, in, their, in, in a, some camp or in their home. But why does it, why does it, do I sometimes feel like some people want to be well, in the body condom? Let them condom. go. You have the freedom to go. Then go in a body, can live in a body condom and go live in a camp somewhere. I'm, I'm fine with that, but don't push that on me. It's an, it's an excellent question, though. It, it is appealing to have someone take care of, of your every need. Right. There are plenty of human beings here. And, and this is this is really kind of the backdrop of the welfare state. There are individuals who are legitimately suffering and, and should get the compassionate help of institutions. And but there's no excellence in that environment, George. That, that's true. But but the, the vast majority are individuals who benefit from this. That's the point. There's you, you, there's no excellence in that because you're stripped. You're stripped of your very identity or excuse right. me, your very dignity here. And there's a, that's an excellent point. There's a terrible cost. But I want to get I just want to kind of. Uh, su suggest a thought here that that all of these things are going to be furthered into the future. What you're seeing right now is really sort of, it, it's just the beginning. This is going to get increasingly worse because we've lost the generation and I'm, I'm, I just want to be candid with our listeners here. I believe there's hope. I'm a Christian and I believe there is hope. I believe in the message of the Bible. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what I personally believe. And I believe very much in being an optimist. And I am an optimist. But we have to have a realistic assessment of things as they are. In 1935, you can go on Google. I did, I did it this morning. I was curious. I wonder if it's still there because I saw it a few months ago. You can go on Google. There's a, uh, a Reichspartite tag uh, speech by Hitler in 1935. And he said an interesting statement. He said, quote, he alone who owns the youth gains the future. Mm, that's now, true. Now, this is absolutely true um think about what's being said here and how history has borne that out the, the nazi or the youth movements in nazi germany and communist russia were startlingly similar to the kinds of seeds that we're seeing being planted right now and they're growing at leaps and bounds you see any ideological or or revolutionary state must 
always alienate the young from their pre-revolutionary parents. And I quote that. That's the language. If it hopes to survive into future generations. And I would recommend, if you're listening, get a book by Peter Hitchens. He's a former correspondent in Moscow. He wrote a book called The Rage Against God. And he talked about how the stripping of a moral backbone of a country, the underlying moral foundations. Again, there's a God to whom we will all be accountable. That is a, that is a basic American principle, cultural principle. The idea that I should care for myself, that I should order my affairs, that I should think rationally that I should be a virtuous person, right? That I should uh, do things that care for me and my family and that I should be responsible, not for, but to my neighbor. Those principles are under attack daily, daily in our academic hands. We are subsidizing that, Nico, to the tune of billions of bucks. And, 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 And that's why George and I are also very critical of the church in general, not any one particular church, but the church in general. Of wavering. When you have a moral discussion in our country, the church should be involved in it. Where are you getting your source from? When people when people say, "Oh, that's right, that's wrong, that's evil, that's good," well, give me your source. You are you the source? And 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 I think there's been a, I think the church has blinked its eye more than blinked its eye. It's wavered. When when Alexander the Great was asked the question, I thought it was interesting. He's got some pretty good quotes. He asked, "How did you manage to conquer the whole world?" You know what his answer was? By not wavering. He conquered the world by not wavering. And one thing you can say about this leftist movement, they, they don't waver. Not they don't waver. I mean, they stick together. They're, they're militant about it. I mean, if, if you don't go, if you don't conform to them, then they, they, they eat their own. And that's why they're against Joe Manchin and, and, and uh, what's her name? Kristen Cinema. I mean, they, they, they want to get, if they could, they'd get rid of them in a heartbeat. I mean, you either, you either get in line or you are, you are gotten rid of. And that's by not wavering. And people that think differently, people that, dare I say, lean conservative or have a Judeo-Christian mindset or, or a worldview, do, are they wavering? And, and I think the question is yes. And, and it gets down to what George and I advocate all the time. People don't know what they believe half the time or why they believe it. What is the logic behind the ideas? George and I, every week, as you know, defend the ideology of a biblical worldview. It's not just because the Bible said so. That's great for Christians if you believe the Bible is authoritative, which we objectively believe that's true not subjective it's objectively authoritative but 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 i'm talking to a non-believer i got to give them some logic and some reason like paul did in, in, to the athenians and so that's what's not happening i believe that we're wavering and we can't waver to back to the full circle right karen to the second amendment i think people that are pro second amendment they don't want to waver instead of being and they, they feel like i can't sit down and be reasonable with the other side because i know what their objective is and we saw that this week what was that representative it's a gentleman. He's a black gentleman from I don't remember where he's like. We're coming after your guns, and if you don't give them to us, we'll we'll we'll, we'll get rid of the filibuster. We'll pack the court. Nothing's going to stop us, man. So you're gonna you're gonna violate the Constitution. For I mean, you're not going to work within the parameters of this great of this country the way it's set up. Then that tells you the mindset, and that's very alarming. You know, George, I feel like I'm an optimist too, but I'm also a realist. And sometimes when I hear statements like that, gentlemen, or the president saying he's going to, you know, hold lunch money hostage oh, because... you hear that crap? That's ridiculous. Because <laughs> schools aren't, you know, conforming to certain curricula. What, I, that's when I start saying, I'm an optimist and, and I, you know... God, take me. <laughs> that's my optimism. <laughs> Jesus can't come back soon yes. enough for you, right? <laughs> and I, I, I mean, that's why I'm an optimist, because I know the end of the story. But here on earth, this stuff did not happen overnight, but, but did it? it? But, but, Karen, you're obviously a biblically minded woman. I know you're a Christian, but we're supposed to do something. Right. Too many Christians say, I, right. I know the end of the story. I got it. So do I. God wins. I but get that. But we're here but right we're now. we're supposed to do something now. And we uh-huh. have to arm ourselves with wisdom and knowledge. Pray for wisdom educate ourselves and then pray for something called courage and to stand and and to advocate and persuade minds and to know what we're fighting for and then actually do it but why is the only one that has the courage sunny on the view well, that's not courage when you're in a you know in, in a... <laughs> stop just stop yourself I'm, I'm gonna stop, man. okay it's gonna blink in before the break the last <laughs> the, we will have the last last segment coming up next on sidebar Okay, 
Last week, we got a new iPad, and we can do Facebook Live, and we don't have to be, like, sitting on each other's laps. What? This week... <laughs> what, George likes to know. What a mental picture. Right. This week, I'm going to try... I was going to try to get it started early, and... Well, uh, somebody had asked. Yes. Somebody had asked, can you guys do the Facebook Live during the radio portion of the show? I think show? that's a great idea. I thought it was a good idea. I think Pags does it. Someone says, and Pags does do that. I'm, I'm, we were open for it. You might... We talk a little bit differently when we have to be, but I mean, yeah, we, we'll do it. <laughs> we were trying to do it for this last last segment, but I know you didn't have enough time. I know, I know. So we're and, I, and I just want to say that no one was helping me. Not you, George. Not you, Nico. Well, I'm in, I'm technologically challenged. You don't want me helping you. <laughs> okay, enough said. And look at you, George is acting all quiet over there because he. <laughs> well, I didn't. You know, there's so much wisdom coming from you guys. I hate to interrupt you, but. Um, <laughs> So it's Mondaire Jones, from a Democrat from New York. That, that was him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, yes, please continue. And, and uh, I was, as, as Nico was talking, I, he, you know, he sparks thoughts in my mind, and I, I, wanted, I pulled up, um, William Zoster is the, uh, he is uh, a leader of the American Communist Party. Did you know there was such a thing? There yeah. is. Yeah, of course. There's an American Communist Party, and William Zoster uh, wrote a book called um, uh, Toward Soviet America. Painful. But, but it, it's got to be read because it's happening. And he talks about this notion of the coming American Soviet government. And, and the, among the, just looking at it, among the, the, the sort of measures that this American Soviet government is going to adopt uh, to further the cultural revolution is, is the following. And he makes an interesting point. The schools, colleges, and universities, in his view, are going to be coordinated they're going to be grouped under the National Department of Education in order to, to revolutionize the studies. Why? What does it mean to revolutionize studies? Take your curriculum and cleanse it of religious, patriotic, and other features. Patriotic. <laughs> and other features of this, what he calls bourgeois ideology, getting back to, to uh, Marxist terminology here for, you know, for common thinking or, or middle class people. Uh, the average American citizen. So it's the National Department of Education that sets the agenda and determines what's being taught. The undermining of parents is absolutely critical. The use of curricula to, like he said, to cleanse our schools of religious and patriotic influences. The best way to do that is through sexual education classes. I mean, you're using this very sensitive um, issue of sexuality and, and gender as gateways to, to, to strip kids again of, the, again of their identity, reduce them to nothing but their physical bodies or, you know, uh, skin color, physical traits, indulge uh, every whim. Um, and the research is just, I mean, it, it's, it, it's robust and it's significant about the impact that this is going to have on kids psychologically. It's absolutely traumatic. And, and we, Nico, we know this stuff. This isn't, what I'm sharing here, this isn't rocket science, okay? Clinical psychology, clinical sociology is aware of this. This is truth. We've had this for, I mean, we, we've, we've, we've had studies that back 25, 30 years, tons of peer-reviewed research on the impact that this has on kids and society. And then we sit here and we say, it's the gun. Knowing, again, if you go back to John Lott, John Lott, L-O-T-T, Crime Prevention Research Oh, he's Center. got great data. He, he has robust data. He has multiple, multiple sources to corroborate, corroborate that data. I mean, he makes it very, very clear. We got to stop objectifying these issues. It's not about the object. It's about the environment. The but nobody wants creating. to have him on. John Lott, he used to be, he used to, he's gone on CNN True and enough. MSNBC once or twice. And then he has those pesky things called data. And facts, and they're like, "Oh crap! Well, that doesn't help our judge." And they, they don't invite him back. That's that's journalistic and disingenuousness. I mean, is that a word? I mean, but it's just it's, it's it's disingenuous. I mean, if you're a journalist and you want all the facts out there so the listener can make up their own mind, just report the facts. Well, so let, me, po- let me segue into your next point on, on the issue of John Lott. He made a statement. I'm not sure if he made it on MSNBC, but he made the statement that less than one prevent less than one percent of crimes involve firearms and all he has, crimes all crimes indeed indeed wow and and he, well. he 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 breaks this out again multiple sources of data um from fbi um from uh, from cdc 
very robust. These guys don't care. MSNBC, Melissa Harris Perry, right? This is who, this is who they, they have on and they'll listen to. Quote, and then I'll shut up, Nico. You can continue. That's Sorry. Okay. I want to quote her because I just couldn't believe this. I, I, we have to break through our private idea that kids belong to their parents or kids belong to their families and recognize that kids belong to whole communities yeah. instead. You see, this makes sense. Well, Biden carried belong, that. He carried right. that during his speech a while exactly. back. Exactly. I was just... Yep. Sorry. No, thank you. I was just going to say that. You see, if, in order for kids to belong to quote-unquote whole communities, then they need to be indoctrinated. They need to be taught a whole new set of core beliefs by that community. Who's driving those core beliefs? The National Education Association. And we know, we know who's running the National Education Association. All right, go ahead, bud. Well, no, I mean, you said so much, and I'm, I'm going to go back to a comment. Can you think about this? Years ago, not, not that long ago, if, if a school, if your parent found out your school was teaching your kid about sex, not biology, not reproductive system, you know, sperm, egg, penis, vagina, just the way, just normal pre- reproductive stuff, they, they, there would have been a revolt. And that's what happened in Virginia, by the way. I mean, I mean but d- now, I mean, we've been normalized to this. To steal away, we've talked about this. Oh, you can't talk about it enough. Stealing our children's innocence in many ways. Morally, when you're talking about over-sexualizing them. But then also, I mean, I was talking to my kids, and I'm glad the school does it. But they have lockdown. um, Practice. Practice. What is it called? Fire fire drills. Drills. Sorry, the word is drills. And then in my day, it was fire drills. Now they're lockdown drills. And then you get into the discussion, and we didn't talk about this in our first segment. We'll probably talk about it on Facebook Live. Um, arming teachers. And what do we do to keep schools practically? Because there's one thing about what's the problem, the root cause, as George and I would talk about. But then, okay, now there's another issue about what's practical about it and taking guns away. I think what went wrong, there was a decision, a Heller decision in 2008, you know, that, that reemphasized the Second Amendment. And they said there can be some limited restriction on, on gun ownership and gun possession in schools. I think that was a mistake in that area. I mean, if you have a gun-free zone, that is a evil person's dream, a gun-free zone. Now, I'm not saying every schmuck should be carrying a gun. Trust me. As I always advocate, if you don't train with your gun, carry a hammer because you're more dangerous than probably maybe, you know, or as dangerous sometimes. But but we, we should have guns at schools. And, and, and when we talk about the advocacy point about having teachers armed, you're not just seeing any teacher come to school with a gun. You're talking about training i mean tico style training tico is the organization in texas that, that that certifies law enforcement officers and peace officers i mean talking about 80 hours of training and I mean, it's not psychological teachers who no, don't it's given want an guns, option right. or just saying hey you know we're gonna have four teachers two on each floor and then have one point of entry i mean people that talk about that have and have have video cameras on those points of entry and have you know we, we can send how many billions of dollars to ukraine 40 billion dollars to ukraine well, that's just most recently. Okay, but but yeah. someone did the numbers. If we if we hired a retired vet sure. or a retired police officer for every school, a seventy five thousand a year. Did you see that? I did. See it, was, that. it was less than ten billion dollars. I, mean, I can't believe we're talking about billions like they're nothing. But if we're throwing money around instead of printing trillions of dollars like the feds are doing and what this administration is doing, I mean, can you spend ten billion dollars on? On our schools, on our precious children that you that you value so much, or four billion dollars to finish the wall, so we don't have two hundred and fifty illegal immigrants come in, and then have people come in the right way and make sure we can vet them and know exactly who's coming into our country. I mean, this is not unreasonable. Again, it gets into these soundbite agendas that are illogical, and then you have to ask yourself why are they advocating these things? But you wouldn't argue that there's no relationship between gun-free zones and the commission of mass shootings, right? I mean, there is a clear relationship. Absolutely. Between these two. Okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. The gun-free yeah. zone and mass shooting, that, it, it invites it almost. Well, in fact, that's I, I, I thought you were going to go into John, Lott, John Lott again because I, I, I think I misunderstood, so thank you for clarifying. But John Lott makes that point too. Since 1950, 98% of all mass shootings have been committed in gun-free zones. Now, that, I think that's worthy of follow-up. Mm-hmm. Do we care about that? Of course not. And, and we need to care about that. Hold on. That, you can breeze over that. That's a huge point. Say that again, George, please. 98% of mass 98% shootings. 98% of the commission of mass shootings have occurred in gun-free zones. What do you do with that, Karen? What do you do with Why that? Why is that not when you, worth When additional? you first brought up that topic, I was thinking the theater in Aurora, mm-hmm. gun-free zone. I mean, schools, what... Uh, it is. It is. Even if you don't know the stats that you just gave, George, 
you just think about the last few shootings and you're like, I mean, look, yes. everyone wants to bring up Las Vegas. That was a that was a horrific one off. There was nothing you could do. A guy, you have a hotel. I mean, that's like that's like blaming the airline industry and airplanes for nine eleven. Yeah, I mean, that's a one off. That is not the norm. So you just you cannot engage in that level of illogical thinking. Well, I'm a little I'm a little confused. You can take a gun, right? You you could you're saying you can take a gun into a hotel, and so the argument you is you cannot. That, Those hotels don't let you in Vegas. They have a, they have strict gun laws in Vegas. Or maybe Vegas. I mean, I. I you know, you're in Texas. You can. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All I'm saying. I didn't is know you, that. By the way, all I'm it, saying, you couldn't avoid it. Though is my point. I didn't know that was a fact in Vegas. But, I wasn't aware of. Well, I mean, I mean, because I'm, he had his gun. Well, no. All, <laughs> all, I'm, all, I'm, all I'm saying. All I'm saying is, well, we can verify that. Though I'm not, that's not the point I was trying to make. The point yeah. I was trying to make is, there's nothing that could have stopped that. He was way up there. Yeah. Sure. He, you know, he was shooting at people that are gathered, yeah. and, and it was a turkey I get shoot. It. There's nothing. That was a one-off. That yeah, is not the zone, norm. Non-gun-free zone. It's irrelevant. But right? that's yeah. That's yeah. not. That wasn't even. That was a one-off. I don't even yeah. put Vegas into our discussion because it's like putting 9/11 and misusing airplanes. I mean that. Right. They, when you want to kill someone and you have a rotten heart, just like the prison example, you're going to hurt people. There's going to be violence, and in schools too. All I'm saying is we have to have intellectual conversations based off data. When you have that 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 fact that John Lott often advocates and Georgia shared with us, 98 percent of mass shootings. We're in gun-free yeah, zones. It's, it's actually more than that, but I mean, it's actually more than that. But I ran ninety-eight points. Yeah, close to ninety-nine, right? It's more than yes. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Karen, we can't what ignore that. What do you that. do with that? Well, you I mean, know, you, you put well, that, that into the fact. equation. You have to put that in the hopper of discussions that they don't want to. What you do that is you get away from 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 the object conversation, and this is right. what I hope our leaders in the House and Senate are going to do. I'm very concerned about what McConnell and Corner are doing in that regard. But we, we got to really force Democrats to have a serious conversation about what's really going on. And the problem is they won't. But we must force that discussion. Got to go deeper. Well, according to Mink and, and McConnell, Mitch, them wanting to work with Democrats after this week, I hope they pull that back. When, when you heard the, 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 the sound bites and what they were saying, the advocacy points this week, nine millimeters, all guns, we're going to do whatever we can. Nothing's going to stop flag. us. Red, I mean, all this stuff. It, it really causes the pro-Second Amendment constitutionalists to say wait a minute you don't you're not coming with a with a sincere heart exactly. you're not trying to to, to make things better because you won't listen to all the data you've got to bring it all into the discussion not just you can't be one who said it this week somebody said you can't be a single variable analysis because then you can't trust that person mm. you, you if you if they only have one point like two last year race 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 this year guns 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 when you have one variable only That's one right. point of argument advocacy I just can't, you can't reason with someone like that, and you have to really pause. So, guys, look, we're going to be on Facebook Live. We're going to have about two or three minutes to go to the restroom, if you can. Hopefully, next week, we'll be able to, we're just going to, I think we'll do it live. We'll, we'll, we we'll have the During radio the show. show, Facebook Live radio show, and we'll just continue into the Facebook Live after. You guys have a blessed week. Thank you for joining us. The preceding show was paid for by the LaHood Norton Law Group. The views and opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily represent those of WOAI and iHeartMedia. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.